0: y'all remember this check this out this is the rich eisen show
1: let me just get this off my chest too
2: only those who wish to listen may do so
0: live from the rich eisen show studio in los angeles
1: the number of people that reach out to me it's insane so your message to jets fans would be what right now coach what do you have for me
0: Keep the faith, enjoy the ride. The Rich Eisen Show. Earlier on the show, senior writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix. Coming up, senior writer for the MMQB, Albert Breer. 49ers quarterback, Brock Purdy. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Boy,
1: was that a fun first hour with Chris Mannix and back-to-back segments. And uh, to wrap up our show, uh, first hour, that was awesome. If you missed it, we re-air on the Roku channel two hours from now. And then, of course, there's our podcast version of the show all three hours every single day through the Cumulus Podcast Network. That was just dynamite stuff with Mannix. And for those who listen to the show, either on SiriusXM, Odyssey, or this Rich Eisen show, Terrestrial Radio Affiliate, as soon as we went off the air, I asked him a an NBA Finals prediction. And he said... Nuggets over the Bucks, and he reserves the right to switch Nuggets over Bucks once he sees Chris Middleton play because he hasn't played yet with Giannis and Damian Lillard now that would be something if the Bucks go ahead and Lillard's first year and give Lillard the ring that he's been looking for and Giannis the ring that he said he wanted to win again and you better make some moves otherwise I'm out mm-hmm. and um, that would be something else. Um, if that happens. And of course, if the Nuggets go back to back, I asked him if the Nuggets go back to back or at least make the finals, that means Jokic is the MVP. Did you take issue with him saying that uh, Jokic is going to be the MVP uh, because he's going to get more votes from people who feel foolish about voting for someone else last year? <laughs> and funny. someone else being your guy, Joel Embiid? I mean, look. You, feel I mean, that you, you take issue with when, that? When
0: you, when you hoist the championship at the end of the year, you know. That, those are the type of things that happen. People mean. start to rethink yep. stuff like that. Yeah, so. no,
1: that was a lot of uh, that was a lot of fun. But Joel, with uh,
0: Joel, do it again this year, and this year he might actually take home the Larry O'B, and then I'll be right with the world. So, or halfway through the season, he might say, "Get me to Miami."
1: Uh, will, come on, guy. That Heat team is just—it's fascinating come to me guy. that you know, because it, it, Josh Gad, our friend um, from *Gutenberg*, the musical. Gutenberg. Um, nice. Did oh, I say that um, right? Yeah, I think okay. so. Big yeah. uh, he, he came <laughs> on uh the um the the old Zoom um on Tuesday show. And he was he's concerned about the Heat losing out on Lillard because when you, you know, if you will lift your kimono <laughs> and don't get the the guy you're looking to trade and trade away the guy that is obvious that is going to be there to trade away. Um and it's obvious to that guy, like Tyler Hero knows that's the guy they were dangling out there. How does that work and he said that fascinating that the heat are just sitting back and seeing what happens with Harden maybe they say we'll take him or did they go full package and take Embiid and Harden let's
0: stop it what's wrong with you <laughs> Don't listen Not a to your mess boy up.
1: over there. It's kind of silly, <laughs> uh, but Albert Breer is checking in from Sports Illustrated in a matter of moments. Moments ago, Doug Peters, Peterson, Peterson. Um, said that he thinks Trevor Lawrence is going to go tonight, pending a oh. pre-game workout. Told Ed Werder, or is that, I think DP referred to him for many many years, Edward Dare of uh, ESPN. <laughs> That's how he called um, Edward Dare. Edward Dare. <laughs> Um, that uh, Trevor Lawrence <laughs> is going to go tonight. Nice. Okay. Reported improvement from his mild left knee spring. Right. More We're firepower. So does fight. that what what does that uh, mean for the poor kid from the CFL who they uh, signed to the practice squad and elevated? Gets a check. Who's that fellow again? Was his name again? Oh, we did uh, the, the, the show from with him the again. End of the yeah, show yesterday, yesterday right? And then uh, Mike Hoskins, our dynamite coordinating producer, pulled up the photograph of the, him.
2: The AI composite.
1: Yeah. Uh, Nathan Rourke. Nathan Rourke. It was just basically these photographs. <laughs> I feel bad doing this again. It was like again. chat
3: GPT. Make make me a generic yeah. Jaguars make, backup quarterback. Make me a
1: backup quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and it was absolutely looked like exactly what you would suggest. Yeah. There he is. Doesn't that look just like? Is that real? Is that real? Oh, by the way, a Canadian. Make me a, yeah, Canadian, a Canadian
3: backup quarterback. Backup
1: quarterback. For the Jacksonville Jaguars, freshly called up from the practice squad, just in case Trevor Lawrence can't go. And boom, go. And This is messed up. Hit send. Canadian. G-G. He's probably the nicest guy he in the world. First of all, he's Canadian. You he's know that. So
3: nice. <laughs> you know. We're just. Stacy Dales. When I see her in uh, Frankfurt,
1: will go. Oh, I saw what you said about Canadians. <laughs> Don't mess with her. She's the yeah, nope. nicest Canadian. She is one of the nicest <laughs> Canadians. Unless you say something that uh, she disagrees <laughs> with, it's a problem. All right, from Sports Illustrated, our friend back here on the Rich Eisen show, Albert Breer, kind enough to zoom in here to kick off our second hour. How are you, Albert? Good to see you. uh Oh, I don't hear him. Oh no, we don't hear him. Uh, no I, don't you, I don't know. We just checked him in. I,
3: there's no audio coming from
1: him. All right, very good. Let's uh, let's Albert. put him back on the old, Albert, on the old hold there. Unmute. There's a scrambling like of hilarious. jets going on right now. We got him. Now, now. we got him. You there, Albert? I
4: unmuted. Hey. Sorry. About that. Hey. Hey. I it's been three years. It's been three years since we all started doing this, and no. I still don't know how to unmute, speaking so here we that, go.
1: That, speaking of three years, uh, three years ago was the last time I muted you in November, so uh, so I guess we're all gonna... Oh, do we have a... I mean, we don't want to go down that road today, do we? Cause oh, sure I, we I, I heard
4: we might have a sequel oh. to Spygate here.
1: What, what, what do you mean? What's what? happening? Seriously, what, what are you talking
4: about? What are you talking about? I don't know. I would do, you could look on in the internet. A, there might be a sequel to Spygate uh, unfolding on the internet now. Is that right?
1: I didn't know that. Oh, I had sure. no idea. You, are you serious? You didn't, uh, I you didn't swear to you, I, uh, on, on my okay. children's hair. Sir, you could go for it. There's some allegations unless, of... Oh, 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 unless this is not factual, and you are not ready as a reporter who's all about facts. I'm not reporting, and, and, reporting and I'm reporting citing somebody facts. else's reporting. Dan Wetzel and Ross Dellinger. Well, uh, those little... are those are pe- those are legit people. Like, All right, guys, is, hold yeah. on. The University of Michigan is
3: under investigation from the NCAA for in-person scouting violations per Ross oh. Dellinger. Michigan is being alleged to send okay. unnamed individuals to attend opponents' games and gather information on the signs they use for play calls. Okay, so what's wrong with Sign- that? Stealing? What's wrong with that? Well, it's no hamburger. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. Honestly, what's wrong with sending somebody to? What, so they're they're recording other teams' signs or whatever. I mean. Come on, man! Sign stealing or whatever. Get out of here.
3: I don't know. I'm just, I'm just kind of telling you what I heard. I don't know. So, like, so, <laughs> so, <laughs> wait, so wait
1: a minute. Let, let, let's, let's take a look that, that photograph of just Scott Van Pelt that's being held up and match it to the play. You know, Halle Berry. You uh, know what I mean? You no, know, that, that Paul Feinbaum photograph is associated with this play. All right. Okay, wow. Albert. How you doing, man? Good to chat. I'm with good. You. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> How is England? Oh, dude. Uh, it's great. Have you been yeah. to any of those international games?
4: I have. Yeah, I've been
1: to three or four. They're great unbelievable. They it's a great, great, are... great to go over to London in the
4: fall, and it's uh, yeah, the atmosphere is actually. I don't, I don't know if it's still this way, but the ones that I've been to, it's a super different. Like it just feels different in the stadium. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just like the noise is almost. like the, the noise being in a stadium versus like a stadium in the states is so different. You know, it just it, it feels completely
1: unique to. To where you're at, yes. you know, not the same as an American game at all. It could be the alcohol percentage as well. I don't know, but could you know, be, and, uh, but, but it is also the fans are totally into it and they are so knowledgeable and it is great. It does have mm-hmm. like a Super Bowl feel to it. I know the Munich game. Brady and uh, Pete Carroll said afterwards it felt like a Super Bowl for them. You know, it really, it really is great. But yes, the London was was terrific. Um, So let's just jump into the trade deadline. We would be two weeks removed yep. from the uh the dust settling. What do you what do you expect for the trade deadline right now? Um,
4: yeah, I, I think we've talked about this first, but I think one of the things that's really interesting about this year's trade deadline is how next year's quarterback class could play into it. And um, you know, because it's seen as a, a strong and deep class, like with I mean, not only the two guys that we've been talking about forever and Caleb Williams and Drake May, but, you know, some of the guys that I think intrigue teams now and they're starting to dig into, you know, like your Michael Penix Jr., your Bo Nix, your J.J. McCarthy, your Quinn Ewers, um, you know, like there's just, I think, a feeling that this is going to be a good year to need a quarterback in the draft. And, um, you know, I think for some owners, like where, you know, like they're increasingly listening to their analytics people, the analytics people are telling them, this is what the value of a, a franchise quarterback is. And if we can get one, we should get one. So are there a few teams that are going to look at the landscape here and say, it's time to tear down and we're not going to tank, but it's time to manage our roster creatively, move some pieces off the roster. And if we're playing for 2024, let's do that. I I think that there are, at the very least, I think that idea is being entertained in some places. And I think, There are teams on the other side of it, your contenders, your buyers Mm -hmm. that are ready for that. And um, I think it's going to make for an interesting couple of weeks. Doesn't mean there's going to be a wild amount of activity, but I do think it's like a factor
1: that's going to play into the way the next couple of weeks could play out. I was just, you know, the total speculation, but obviously this was happening during the summer as well. You know, Derek Henry, 29 years of age, he makes a lot of money. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't get a single whiff of a hint or anything of that nature when I was around the Tennessee Titans in London. Uh, He looked happy. Everyone loves him. He was having a good time. I I, I asked tons of the Titans uh, players and also Vrabel, you know, give me a good Derrick Henry story. And they were all talking about how he was walking around, pranking everybody with a feather, tickling them behind their ears (laughs) or behind their neck just the previous day. So like he, there, he, he's not, in any way, shape, or form, you know, angry, upset, disgruntled. I didn't get a sense of that. But, I mean, they're a two and four team. They had Malik Willis out there. I don't know when Tannehill's coming back. And maybe, you know, they are on a buy this week. And maybe the result just before the trade deadline does spur them into action. Is there a name like Derrick Henry or is he a name? Um, that is yeah. out there that might actually go on I on mean, Halloween. You think? Yeah,
4: I mean Tennessee's one like that. I think you would look at and say they'll at least get phone calls, and they've got some older players on the roster. Derrick Henry's one, you know, Kevin Byard, the great safety, who just restructured this year. He'd be another one um, where, like, they would at least have to listen because they are going through a reset year, and it does look like with their quarterback now hurt it's going to be difficult for them to contend. So if there's a year to build up some draft capital and, and get yourself ready for April, this would be the year. There are three other teams I would keep an eye on. One is Carolina and, you know, Jeremy Chin, their safety got hurt. He would have been one of the names I would have given you now that he's going to be out for a while. Maybe not so much, but Brian Burns is certainly going to elicit phone calls. The Rams offered two ones and a three for him last year. Um, you know, does somebody come back on Brian Burns? And there are other players in that roster, too, that might make, make, might make sense. Like your Terrace Marshall, the the receiver out of LSU, was the second-round pick a couple of years ago. Um, you know, Dante Jackson, you know, a corner who has a lot of good experience in the league at a position Carolina's deep at, um, that you're going to, you know, I think that they will elicit some interest. Um, Denver would be another team. And I don't think they're going to tear the whole thing down. But if somebody offers a one for Jerry Judy or a two for Cortland Sutton, or if somebody needs an offensive lineman, do they call on Garrett Bowles? I think they'll get calls on Pat Sertan. I don't think they'll move Pat Sertan, but I would I would be surprised if somebody didn't make a big offer for him. So Denver would be another one, and then the third to me is Minnesota, and. Daniil Hunter is pretty available right now, and he's up after this year. But the idea that you get a high-end pass rusher at this point is something to look at. You know, K.J. Osborne, he is um, a really productive slot receiver in a contract year. Are they going to be able to re-sign him, seeing as though they have to pay Justin Jefferson and they have a a first-round pick opposite Jefferson and Jordan Addison? These are the sorts of questions that you have to ask now. So I do think there are a number of teams that have attractive pieces that look like they maybe aren't going anywhere this year that are going to have their phones ringing over the next couple of weeks.
1: And again, you know, the names that you mentioned are are of interest, um, but they're not Blockbuster. And I, right. again, I'm, I'm just wondering why there isn't more of a Blockbuster-type name out there when clearly the Niners' acquisition of Christian McCaffrey gives you the blueprint of what a team that's already supremely talented having an opportunity to win right now. A.J. Brown wasn't yeah. a deadline deal but it was a draft day deal you just see what, well you know if somebody wants to be aggressive to do that sort of thing and why wouldn't somebody attempt it is basically the open ended question i throw well there. there's a there's
4: a key factor in the Christian McCaffrey thing too like that i don't think you mentioned which is the coach had already been fired at that point
1: you know and so
4: it was a lot easier for the team organizationally to say we're going to do this because they could look at it and say we're going and getting a new coach after the year anyway so it's a fig, and we're in a, a transitional
1: situation phase. is that what you're saying it's a fig What's leaf the, situation for the team that's coughing up the big name player? i mean that's that yeah that's the problem is like
4: it's like i think for one thing like it's it's still at a point in the year where the owner is going to be you know concerned somewhat of you know like hey what does this look like to my fan base and he's got half the year left right like the coach it's like what sort of signal is this gonna you know send to my locker room? Does it look like we're, you know, sending the white flag up the pole? So I think that that's part of it. It's also football is harder to assimilate guys in. I mean, that's just what it is, you know. Like in football, it's it's harder than it is in basketball or baseball to take a blockbuster guy and say, okay, like this guy is going to make an enormous impact over two or three months, um, you know, without having any sort of offseason or anything else to get himself ready to go. And um yeah, that's why like a Brian Burns like was so interesting last year because there was a year year and a half left on his contract. You had plenty of time to extend him. And um, you know, he would have been a value to the Panthers too. They you know, obviously it was a value to the Panthers to keep him too. You know, Jalen Ramsey a few years before that. That's why, like, with a blockbuster name here, um, Rich, and again I do not think he's gonna get moved, but would be Pat Sertan, right? Like, and the Broncos really need picks. Like, again, I don't think the Broncos are going to conduct a fire sale, but they do need picks and they're going to pursue picks. What if somebody offers like two ones and two twos or something crazy for Pat Sertan? Like, that's how it would have to happen, I think.
1: Albert Breer here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. What's up with Devontae Adams? I mean, there seems to be smoke. and And the question is, is what's the fire? I'm not saying that he's going to be mm-hmm. traded. That would be kind of nutty. Um, unless he wants out. I mean, so that's the yeah. question. Like, what what is happening with Devontae Adams? In, well, A, Adams? he's very honest. He's like, and if you've been around him, you know that. Yeah. Like, he's,
4: he's pretty forthright. He's pretty honest, um, as NFL players go. Um, the other thing is, like, I, he just comes from a winning program, and guys who come from places like that who haven't experienced losing then go to a place like this, and it gets them a little bit more than it would to other players. Um, so, you know, I, I think like, this is sort of a signal from Devonte Adams, like, all right, I signed here. I wanted to play here. It was my choice to come here. I bought into Josh McDaniels program. Now you got to show me, you know, and I know there was some frustration on, you know, the, the part of McDaniels and his staff last year. I mean, part of the reason they were out on Derek Carr is because Derek Carr didn't take enough chances and give Devonte Adams enough chances and, you know, I think that that's a part of it is like the quarterback position to some degree has undermined Devontae Adams, you know, and and that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is banged up again. And now is it going to be Brian Hoyer? Is it going to be Aiden O'Connell? Um, you know, when does Jimmy get back in the lineup? Like, it's just it's like a it's a combination of different things that have conspired here. To create a frustrating frustrating situation for everybody um, there, and especially guys, you know, like Josh, like Devontae, who are used to being around winning programs. And, you know, again, like I think Devontae is sort of in this show me place where if it doesn't get better over the course of the year, um, and I don't think it gets traded before the deadline, mm-hmm. but if it doesn't get Better, you know, over the rest of this year, like then I think all bets are off, and you know he is
1: probably considering his options. Albert prayer here on the Rich Eisen show. You got aggregated, sir, about <sighs> what you said about <laughs> Bill Belichick and oh, Robert yeah, Kraft in New England. Aggregation, aggregation. I'm sure, it's a- I'm sure it's about thirty percent of thirty percent
4: right, uh, so, accurate of what I said. So,
1: put it out there. What, what, are there yeah. conversations about Belichick's future so, uh, in New England? Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, what do you have? I would say what I what I say what I'd say, Rich, is like that. You know, Robert Kraft has for a long time been um, very forward thinking with his franchise. Like, in fact, like if you want to go all the way back to the start, like the reason he got rid of Bill Parcells is because he didn't think Bill Parcells was forward thinking enough you know, when it came to, okay, where is this going to put us in five years? Where is this going to put us in 10 years? And so he's always thinking that way. And they, I mean, more or less have positioned Gerard Mayo to be the successor to Bill Belichick in certain ways. Now, I'm not saying there's anything in the contract or anything like that, but they did get him to turn down a head coach interview in um, in Carolina last year. And that was an interview that would have put Gerard Mayo in front of you know, one of the an owner who's got growing influence around the NFL. So why would you do that? Well, you would do that because you've had some discussions about your own future in New England, if you're Gerard Mayo. And so, like the point I was trying to make is, you know, when I was asked, like, have they had discussions about the future and the post-Belichick future? And the answer is yes. You know, Robert Kraft has had those discussions. Like, and you know, it's something that involved Gerard Mayo last year, and. Do I think those you know discussions intensify as you start losing? Yes, I do. And do I think Robert Kraft is cognizant of the way that his organization is perceived both nationally and locally? I I do. I I do think he is very cognizant of all of that. And so, you know, the discussions on the future of the franchise are always ongoing. And um, I think they were in January and February, um, with you know Gerard Mayo being involved in that and knowing that like this guy could be the next guy here. And you know, I think where maybe you know, maybe a month ago, I would have told you, I, and I think I said it on your show, like mm-hmm. I would have told you, I think the likelihood is maybe he hires a GM and like says, Okay, Bill, like the GM's not going to report to you, but he's not going to report, or GM's not going to report. Um, You're not going to report to the GM, but he's not going to report to you either. Like, we're going to have both you guys reporting to me and we're going to change the structure here. Now it's almost like, can you go forward with Bill at all based on where the roster is, based on, you know, what we're seeing on the field on a week-to-week basis? So, um, yeah, I mean, I think Robert and Kraft and, you know, and and obviously you and I both know, you know, Jonathan is – um, is is positioned to be the successor when it comes to the primary owner sure. of the team. Um, those guys have had those conversations certainly, and you know I think the Gerard Mayo situation in January and February, you know, made those conversations a little bit more serious. And and I would think that they only intensify over the last few weeks with, as they've as they've suffered some embarrassing losses, and now now they're sitting there at one and five.
1: Yeah, I know with Bill with the uh, the Bills and the Dolphins before yep. game, i mean it's one in seven potentially a game, like against it's... the commanders before i see them in germany uh against the colts and uh, uh, uh so what what is it what is the what are the conversations look like like sitting him down like literally rkk and b squared in a room having these conversations no I don't, or... no,
4: no 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 i think i i but i do think like robert you know robert's smart like i think he's I think he's discussed the, the you know like it's the future of the organization you know so he has those discussions with with different people. Um, I don't think that now I don't know one way or the other whether or not he and Bill have sat down face to face and said you know what are we going to do in two and a half months. But you know, there's no question that you know people in that organization um, beneath Bill you know ha- are aware that the future is unstable there right now. Like I. I don't know like I, I like I I said to somebody there um you know over the last couple of weeks like like I don't think he outright fires Bill and you know the response I got was like who knows you know and you never would have thought that even a year ago of right course. like that that like they would outright fire Bill but somebody wouldn't be sure that that isn't going to happen who works there it's like it's it's as unstable as they've been in a while and I think like the the biggest problem for Robert isn't so much where they are right now from record standpoint is the trajectory of the franchise. I don't think they have a position on offense. That's not going to be a need for them in the, in the offseason. That's wild. And I don't think you can look at that roster and find more than a player or two that you could say definitively. Yeah. Like, look, yeah, that guy's going to be there two or three years from now, like Christian Gonzalez. And that's probably it. So it's about as unstable a place as they've been in a long time.
1: Albert Breer, a couple minutes left uh, with you, sir. Um, What about the 49ers injuries? They came out bruised and battered yeah. from from the loss to the Browns. They got a Monday night game. Obviously, this is of fantasy importance for a bunch of people as well. But, yeah. uh, you know, the NFC is up uh, up in the air uh, with the Lions playing as well as they're playing. And you got the Eagles coming off their first loss with the Dolphins coming in mm-hmm. on Sunday night. Um, and and now the the 49ers going on the road, licking their wounds. They got Brock Purdy in hour three. So I throw that all to you about their health going into this Yeah, league. I mean, well
4: first of all, you're right. I think you're right to put the Lions in that uh, that uh that group because I I don't know, like I I think people have a tendency to still talk about them like they're a Cinderella story when real. they actually they I'm, look like a legitimate powerhouse now.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? They're Cinderella with a samurai sword, man. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs>
3: That's yeah, what they
1: are. You know. Yeah, so nice. um so I would um, you know, I I I'd say with the
4: Niners and I hate to sound like a coach here, but I do like you know, my feeling on it is like the Debo and Christian McCaffrey injuries are week to week. Okay. Um, I think this week brings up an interesting situation. There is now the, the the Niners play on natural grass. No team has players that have been more militant about the surfaces they play on than the Niners, led by Nick Bosa, who, if you remember, was hurt on the MetLife Turf um, a few years ago. Um, that, That's right. And there was that 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 afternoon was a massacre with injuries. And um, and so there is that type of turf, slip film, which the league and the Players Association have both agreed this is a less safe surface. They agreed that last year. There were six stadiums that had it last year. Three of those stadiums switched out the turf. New Orleans, Detroit, and MetLife all switched out the turf. That means there are three left that have that surface. Minnesota is one of those three. So... I, I just wonder if a team that's got the capability to take a long-term view here, right, because we know they're going to be in the playoffs, that, yeah, they're worried about seeding, but the health of the players is a little bit more important, that has a locker room full of guys that are militant about these t- sorts of things. Do they tap the brakes on some of their guys who are hurt here yeah. knowing what that surface is? And so, again, it's one of three surfaces left in the NFL. It's Indianapolis, Minneapolis, and and, uh, and Cincinnati. They still have what's called the slip film turf. And um, I'll be really interested to see how the Niners handle that uh, going into going into Minnesota on Monday night, especially when you know on the other end of it too, you got a short week.
1: Uh, and and again, uh, I guess then let's finish up with this. Why why won't the league? Uh, again, I, it's not you know my money, but you're mm-hmm. you know it's probably a, a few tens of millions league wide to do what they, you know, they, and, and plus this is an international sport now, as we know, yep. traveling, everybody sees the, the premier league, what they do with uh, natural grass and, you know, uh, in a way uh tearing mm-hmm. it underneath underground and you could remove it and put, put the, the, the artificial turf out for Taylor Swift or for whatever else that, these multi-purpose stadiums. I mean, yeah. you can do it. You you see what the technology. Why won't the league do it? Why won't the NFL just I mean, go ahead and do it? What's same reason. It? For I don't know everything money, else. Money. I I I know it, but I mean, you know. Yeah. You I mean, it, it
4: does. It does feel like to me like that would be the right investment. And look, like I. You know, Lambeau is the perfect example because Lambeau, they spend so much. I mean, when was the last time you heard somebody complain about like the surface at Maria Bay? It's been a while. Right. And that's in northern Wisconsin. Like that's arguably the worst climate in the league. Buffalo, they're building their stadium. They're putting grass down you now for these reasons. And so, you know, I, I think it's it's a matter of the price of the teams going up. It's a matter of the price of the stadiums going up, that the owners feel like they've got to put every event under the sun in stadiums. And the only way to do it without spending tens of millions of dollars to maintain the grass is to lay down artificial turf. And I, I like the smoking guns to me are Tennessee and Carolina. And I know Tennessee's grass surface wasn't great the last couple of years, which is why they do this. Well, why don't you just try to get a better grass surface? Why don't you try to solve that a different way? Um, because it's easier, because it's cheaper to lay down the turf. And Nashville is obviously a city that has a lot of concerts, that is attractive for a lot of events, and so, um, you know, I just think it's a it's a conversation that the players have to keep pushing on, and it's going to be expensive if they want to make a commitment to putting grass in as many places as they possibly can. Mm. You know, you got to ask yourself the question, if you're an owner, if you're the league, is the health of our players paramount? Because if it is, you'll do that. And maybe even, like, look, like, I this part of it, like, is an interesting way to look at it. Maybe you go to the union and say, you know, will you give us like a kickback, like an exemption, like from, you know, what goes into the salary cap if we do this, right? Like say, say 5 million a team into a surfaces fund, right? Like, so 5 million comes off the cap every year, which is whatever, like, you know, divide that by 53, you know, however many per player, like we will, if we, if we create a fund for surfaces, will you contribute to that fund? it would be an interesting way to look at it if you were the league and you wanted the players to chip into it too, because it would be an investment for the players into themselves. So I think there are ways to solve this. I just, you know, and, and like, again, it's not just the injuries either, Rich, it's how players feel when they come off of that. No, like I, I
1: know that's, that's, that's a fact, Albert. And it's also, again, just to you know be fair, their th- th- yeah. th- injuries happen uh, on natural on grass, grass too. T- I mean, look. Elijah Tucker of the Jets, um hurt his triceps and i know that's not normally associated with a, with artificial turf but you know bodies move in certain ways and then blew out his achilles on the same natural grass surface in denver well you know here's like the smoking a- gun here's the real smoking gun how many teams voluntarily practice outside
4: on artificial turf even ones that have it in their stadium zero zero right why right. do they all practice on grass i got it
1: <laughs> i hear you uh that and again that's that's you know why I bring it all up, and it's a fascinating point about uh, Monday Night Football. Um, you know, and what what the Niners might do with their injured stars uh, on a surface that they're they're not psyched about playing on. Albert, appreciate the time. Uh, I'm setting around one fifteen Eastern for your first complaining text to me about play calling or something uh, going on uh, in the Horseshoe. Well, I'm
4: I'm just yeah. I, I wanted to, I, I, before I go, I did want to wish you luck in getting this little misunderstanding cleared up. I'm sure, it's just like the cheeseburger. Okay,
1: breaker. thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right, Albert. <laughs> little push, Thanks, little Rich. shove. You take care, <laughs> brother. There you go. I love to see the says graduate of yeah. The Ohio State University at the bottom of the screen.
3: That's <laughs> great.
1: Okay. Let's take a break. We're behind, if you will. 844 204 Rich, number to dial. Phone calls Brock Purdy, hour three. Don't go anywhere. Hey, folks. It's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time for JD Power 2023 award information. Visit jdpower.com/awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here is the connection between
0: me and J.B. Smooth. It involves the cult classic Pootie Tang.
3: (laughs) J.B. Smooth
0: Smooth is in Pootie Tang. Yes. And it goes without saying that without me, Pootie Tang is nothing. There's not. You put the Tang in Pootie Tang. I did. I I bet. I did, just like the astronauts. Hey, what's going on, JB? <laughs> JB Smooth! I'm back there. He was No, I'm back there. He was trash talking. Man. I mean, I wasn't trash talking I you. I look up to you, man. I was talking you no, up. No, I look up to you. While I'm looking down to you. Anyone, anyone who looks up to me is a person I admire. <laughs> do, you, oh. do you do you have any good from the
1: set stories of Tang? You know, we were never on the set it's together. Always, eh, yeah.
0: There's some great stories of Pootie Tang. Any man who can fight with a belt. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> How do you not have great stories? It's the man who had a ponytail and a belt yeah. and, and had his own language. How do you not build a movie right. on that platform and have success? You know, it's a cult classic. People, Sitting in the basement smoking the funny stuff while they yep. watch it. Yeah, and you don't even need the funny stuff. <laughs> no, you Although it helps. It does help. It's a great movie. I'd be reunited yes with indeed. JB My bro- Smooth. My brother, we are back. My man. By brother. the way,
1: Bob said Pootie Tang five times during that interview. And that's, so that's 22 fewer times than, than Marshawn Lynch yes. said he was there to be fined. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to sign your pity on a runny kind,
0: brother. <laughs> If you, wanna, right. if you want to try to stop me, <laughs> I, got, I got to say the name, of. <laughs> I mean, the name of What is
1: happening right now? Go check out our full archive. That was our first Super Bowl we ever went to. Amazing. That was the Malcolm Butler. If you will, oh, Super yeah. Bowl between the Patriots and the Seahawks. Back on the Rich Eisen Show radio network with our live Roku channel stream. I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. That's why I always love talking to Albert. He always has got some little twist that, that the Niners are thinking of this playing surface, and they might be like, okay, we're not going to – we know we'll make the playoffs. We think we can beat the 49, we, uh, the, the Minnesota Vikings without, you know, McCaffrey. We'll, you know, we'll go with someone else and we'll go with uh, someone other than Debo. We'll get them ready for five and two. We'll we we'll just long marathon it. Yep. Interesting information right there, to say the least. And we'll talk Devontae Adams in hour number three. I've got some thoughts on that. And Adams himself has tweeted out exactly what he's talking about when he's upset about what's gone on for, while well, the team's won two in a row. Jeff in Detroit, let's do it. How you been, Jeffrey? What's going on, man?
2: Wonderful, wonderful. First of all, I'd like to commend all of you guys. The last two weeks when you were across the pond, you stayed on the air in touch with the show every day. I did. And made it, you know, stay connected with us. And I know you were tired. But Chris, TJ, and Mike, you guys are co-hosts to the fullest. Kept Andrew straight. And it it was a wonderful, wonderful thing to see you you guys working in unison. Thank Thank you. It really was. I appreciate you saying
1: that. That means a lot that you would uh, notice it and uh, take the time to, to recognize it. Thank you. Appreciate it.
2: Oh no problem, no problem. Listen, I heard you guys are on your way to Grand Rapids uh, on the radio, and my I'm hoping that you guys get a Detroit affiliate here soon. I don't think you're on here in Detroit. If you are, not I sure don't know. Not huh? yet,
1: not yet. But we're we're in other parts around the great state of Michigan, and we'd love to be on in Detroit, and uh, Listen, we'll, we'll work on that.
2: We got to we got to get you, man. It's hospitals, firehouses, work sites, mm. barbershops uh, that needs that knowledge that you be dropping, brother. <laughs> everybody in the 313. Right about now with the Detroit Lions, <laughs> I'm just giddy. I should be. <laughs> to hear everybody talk about how great they are and how, man, this is just uh, should contrast be. to like last year this time, man. I'm just, <laughs> I'm giddy. And my thoughts, <laughs> I, I have one last thought. I honestly feel bad for the Jets and, and you guys, and, and I, I, I'm, I'm hoping on the come up, but I feel like I got cheated so bad, you know, with, with, with what will happen with Aaron because I'm looking, and I'm like, my God, what, that, what would that be like? But uh, you guys handling business, man. That defense Thank is you. something else.
1: I appreciate it. Same to you. I mean, uh, again, the Detroit Lions, as I mentioned, thanks for the call, Jeff, at the top of the program. In the uh, we started with the top five list of uh, things that we know for sure about this season through six weeks. Number two is the Detroit Lions are for real. Uh, honestly, um, where what what about them other than the fact that they're just the Lions? Hmm. Gives you an indication that they're not for real because the end of last season. You have to take that into account the way that they finished. Yeah. And the way that they finished up literally, quite literally, was playing the final game of the season fully knowing it meant, if you will, nothing in terms of their standings for 2022 or their ability to keep playing in 2022. All it was was a matter of pride for the Lions. I'm turning a phrase there as well. But yes, that means a ton that they would spit their last 2022 breath, to use a Wrath of con phrase, in the direction of the Packers and Aaron Rodgers and have Rodgers stroll off with Randall Cobb as teammates for Green Bay for the final time. They did that. And then they got the ultimate, let's not forget, they got the ultimate praise from the NFL, which is we're putting you on the first game in front of the nationally televised audience in the toughest assignment there is in the NFL starting the season on the road at the home of the defending champs while they raise the banner in front of their giddy fans. And I understand Chris Jones was out, and I understand Travis Kelsey was out, but they did what they needed to do, which is win the assignment. And then since then, with the exception of, again, they can't get past the Seahawks, this team.
3: Yeah, that was a weird, weird game. It's so funny too. You mentioned the 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 Niner, uh, the Niners and the and the Chiefs. If the Lions team was wearing red, we'd probably think of them differently. No, you know, question strip the names,
1: strip about the strip it. the
3: logos. We'd look at them as a powerhouse in
1: the same way that you would feel the same way about um, name a, any other baseball team if they're not in the Northeast. Name any college football team if they're not in the Southeast. You know. If, say, University of Washington played in the SEC instead of the Pac-12, perfect example, right? Um, you can't say if the Philadelphia Phillies played somewhere other than the Philadelphia because that's part of the Northeast. Right. Hell hell yeah, you're right about that. The quarterback play, the defense, the coach, the playmakers on offense. And again, just because, you know, Jamison Williams is not uh, a top 50 fantasy Wide receiver, Amon Ross St. Brown. You know I was talking about him, top 10. A lot of folks don't draft him in fantasy. Jared Goff might even still be available in your fantasy league. You know, David Montgomery was a cast-off from the Bears, and clearly that's a downgrade because Jamal Williams, who apparently does appear to be returning from action Mm -hmm. tonight for the Saints this evening, um, he's gone. And they've done this without Jameer Gibbs. That kid has not done hardly a Thing, nothing and he is a matchup problem if he's healthy guarantee you facts they got a tough assignment with the ravens this week big time they might lose him too but for them that's an out-of-conference loss it's one of the best losses you can have it's an out-of-conference loss you know um I, that's what i'm saying like what what about them does not appear to be real other than the fact that they're the Lions. that's it you can check out on Westwood One the National Football League action sponsored by AutoZone for free all season long. You can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on your Westwood One affiliate stations' digital platforms. That's right. Stream Kevin Harlan, Kurt Warner, and me all season long for free. And get in the zone with AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. And restrictions apply. Please be careful of those. I don't know what they are, but they apply. We'll take a break. We come back. Mike McDaniel, another great soundbite. God, I love listening to this guy. It's kind of more of a life lesson, too, and I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding when I say that. That's next. This is The Rich Eisen Show. back here on the program <laughs> so we're getting set to do tomorrow our fantasy basketball draft lottery they're we doing it monday no monday. doing it tomorrow to monday i'm um, well,
3: oh, not gonna be here tomorrow i'm not here either
1: oh you're not here tomorrow we gotta do, it monday. do right, it monday i'll do it monday yeah 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 come on Okay. Excuse me. Oh, sorry, Richard. Right. How are we going to choose our draft order? Because you said I can't be first overall because I got it the last year.
3: Oh. You're not allowed to be first overall. I am indeed. Because you and... won the title, and then all of a sudden you had the first pick, and it's like, that's not really fair. Nope. No, I think we should spin the wheel.
1: And this. Oh, we have the wheel. Is the wheel. You betcha. So we're each going to take one spin. One spin. That's it, right? That's it. And whoever has the highest. Yeah.
3: Closest to a dollar is oh, oh, the first day. What would that pick. be? Well, he didn't get you didn't get full rep, yeah, one full revolution. Around.
1: There you go. There he is. So, for instance, I would be. Ah! <laughs> Dude, if that happens Monday, <laughs> it would be glorious. We're gonna ah! redo.
3: No, I'm not gonna redo. You, can't, you don't get the first redo. pick. That's the rule.
0: But we're that's not redoing the If you spin the wheel and you win, the you win, you win. You that's
3: this is it. What the yeah. hell? He just hit a that's dollar. I am the commissioner. Uh, I make the rules. I just, That's the rule. Is. Rich doesn't get the first dollar. pick.
1: That's a not, dollar. That's not
0: how. If we're spinning the wheel, we're spinning the yeah, wheel. We're spinning that's the wheel. spinning yeah, the wheel.
1: I agree. And I just did multiple rev, of revolutions of it. Too bad. Then we're not doing it. Is don't be this way. Then we're not doing it. Is this working? Then we're not doing it. You don't get the first pick. That's absurd. Then we're not doing it.
3: Just because you're not getting your way. What do you mean, not getting my way? <laughs> We've s- decided this I, no, no. is the way it's going to be done. I said it a year ago. You don't get the first pick. Well, he's he's in charge, apparently. I mean, Am I the commissioner or am I not the commissioner?
0: Well, I mean, yeah, it is October.
1: I don't on. want to turn this ugly, but then, you know, we'll have a conversation. about That's ridiculous.
3: Oh, wow. Oh. Take your ball and go home.
1: Yeah, I will. <laughs> Back here on the Rich Eisen Show. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the program. Um, so... This is fascinating. You hear all the time, man. You hear all the time. And Brock Purdy joining us in hour number three is exactly the guy that you hear it about all the time. System quarterback, product of the system, product of the coach, product of the other guys around. That, you know, without him, he stinks. Put him in another system, he stinks. We'll put him with another coach, he stinks. Now, it's just circumstances have actually aligned for the guy. How does that sound? That everyone's technically a system quarterback. Yeah, you could say that about everybody. 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 Yeah, Literally everybody is a system quarterback. Mahomes, you know, everyone just sees his talent and thinks he would be great everywhere else. Um, Peyton Manning, you see his talent, he'd be great everywhere else. Brady. Mm -hmm. but sometimes you need the right spot to become great. You need the right circumstances to become great. Again, we're going to talk about Devontae Adams in hour number three. Great with Rodgers, great in that system, and here he's struggling to get the football because circumstances are not the case. He's still incredibly talented. You just need the opportunity of it. You need the opportunity of it. I'm sure Trey Lance is sitting there in Dallas thinking the same thing. Would love the opportunity that, say, Ryan Fitzpatrick had. He got more and more opportunities. But maybe sometimes it just wasn't in the right spot. Maybe the best spot where him was Washington, D.C., and then he got hurt. This is the reality of it. But we all, you know, in a world of talking for a living, think that this guy's less than because he was garbage first coming out. Tua Tungo-Vailoa. Hey has gone from dolphins are going to tank for Tua they they fell in love with him the minute he looked off for safety and found Devontae Smith in the national championship game for Alabama true and then he gets drafted over Justin Herbert which is a mistake which everybody said just take a look just the eye test look at Justin Herbert that's the guy you draft not this slight lefty with until the broken hip until right until yeah. the proper coach and the rest of the system and the proper weapons get put around him, and now look at him. MVP candidate, 100%.
3: He's the favorite.
1: Is it because of of everything around him, or is he just the same guy who looked that way in Alabama and he finally got a shot? Great exchange with Mike McDaniel on this very subject yesterday. Hit it.
4: There are some folks who believe that many quarterbacks in this scheme with you as the coach was... Tyreek and Jalen, maybe even many, many quarterbacks would excel, would flourish, would be near the top of the passer, radar leading
5: MVP candidate. What, if any, pushback is there relative to? Wait, no, no, hold on. You know, Tua two- push- uh, is a little I different. i to push this podium over. Um, <laughs> my, my answer to that would, would be who the F cares. I'm not in, in any hurry to prove myself. Without those guys, because those are part of who we, we we are, and to to try to say it's this person or that person um, is kind of missing the point. It is a um, you know a team working together, people working together, um, and you know myself, Tyreek Hill, Tua, um, Cool. What if no one's blocking anyone? You know what I mean? Like, we're all connected in that way. That's why I think a lot of the guys, um, you know, two success is their success. Tyreek's success, Waddles, Raheem's, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, You know, we're all tied together. It's a journey that we're experiencing together. Um, Somebody will get the statistics from it, but none of those statistics are worth anything if you don't have um, a full support from – your your players um, across the board, all 11, and then it goes down to the organization um, and all those things combined.
1: A million percent. Like a million percent. And I like that dude, like, more every time every he speaks. Every time he speaks. It's a million <laughs> percent. I mean, yep. honestly, it, it it is a convergence. Every season is a convergence of journeys into the same spot and then teams get built together right uh, really like Tua has been waiting his entire professional career for Mike McDaniel to arrive and his entire career led to this point the, the guy who you saw the video of him when he was in Denver I guess with it with his earrings and whatever yeah he was the ball like, boy yeah right then, like yeah. that guy needed to go through his journey and he's met at the same point Tyreek Hill his journey like, if, if if they arrived, these two guys arrived um, when Tyreek Hill was in Kansas City going nuts, they would never have gotten Tyreek Hill, ever. Because he was there in Kansas City, still becoming Tyreek Hill. It got to that point, and Jalen and everybody, and everybody comes together. And we love that about sports. We love that about sports, the journey. So then, without him is not this guy. But without Tua being the guy through his journey, maybe these guys aren't all what they're doing right now. And a perfect example is us. I'll just give you, you know, I'm always being honest. Us, I'm serious. I am serious that, you know, without Peacock, we would have been dead and buried. And without Peacock, we wouldn't be sitting here on the Roku channel right now. And thank goodness they were thinking about expanding their sports business. And we all come together. And then the people that we're all working with on the Roku channel and Westwood One Radio together, like we're... We're, we're not less of a show than we were two, three years ago. You know what I mean? We're, we're, we're the same people. We just have the opportunity and the fact that you are available and Chris, you and TJ and all of us together and Hoskins and everyone that we're working and Liz, the whole group, Smitch. I know I'm leaving some... You know what I'm saying? I'm like, we're all together as a team. Mm-hmm. Are you less than without us? Am I less than without you? Yeah, maybe, but together we're a team, and so... This whole business, we're picking it apart. Like, you're less than without everyone. You're just rolling the footballs out. You're rolling the basketballs out. It's team. It's a team, and that's why we watch these documentaries, like America's Team and all that stuff. But when it comes down to it, then, then someone like, yeah, you're less than. Honestly, if Mo Lewis didn't blow up Drew Bledsoe, well, what would have happened with Brady? He might have been sitting there for two, three more years, and Belichick might have been gone. I mean, this is true.
2: Why have traded him? Oh, who well, yeah. the
1: hell knows? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yep. So instead of sitting back and enjoying what we're seeing, we're picking it apart. And I, I guess that's the way of the sports talk world or whatever. But I thought it was an incredible answer. It's just like, you know, hey, it's about blocking. It's about our journeys together. We're coming together as a team. And I hope they stay healthy because what they're doing on offense right now is a marvel to watch. A marvel, like like one of the greatest offenses, come together from their various different parts of the country and their careers and their world coming together. They
0: came together and formed like Voltron.
1: Look what they're doing! They're crushing it. Hour three coming up. Brock Purdy, everybody. I'll even ask him. What do you think of the fact that everyone thinks you're rolling the footballs out? That's coming up. Hour three.
0: Did you say Brock Eisen? Is that what you said? No, sir. Oh. <laughs> Brock. If Brock Purdy
3: was your son. <laughs> <laughs> Great one. Go ahead. This is not going where you think it is. <laughs> what would you have named his middle name? Oh. like mm. what What flows with Brock Eisen as a middle name? Landers? <laughs> TJ <laughs> got that. TJ <laughs> <laughs> <DJ> got that. Because, <laughs> 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 you know, Taylor, obviously, middle name. Mattingly yeah. after your mm-hmm. favorite player. Jeter, Brock Jeter, Brock
1: Reggie, Eisen, Brock Reggie, Ooh. Brock like that. I don't, I don't know.
3: I don't know. I'm just saying.
1: Just... What would be a good F name? <laughs> it's Gerald. Maybe. Brock. Fitzgerald. I don't know. Whatever it is, it would just be an F name. You know why? Because Mattingly, as named after Don Mattingly, my yeah, my favorite Yankee. Favorite child But kid. as it turned out, it's particularly perfect lettering because she is too much Eisen. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So Brock would be big F and Isaac. Yeah, right. That would be my answer. Just first blush. It. I didn't expect you to ask me of that.
3: That's what I mean. I was just, you know, again, not where you thought I was going.
1: You know, like, you know, BFD. Right. It would be BFE. BFE, right. yeah. BFE. I won't right. be asking him that question.
3: Oh. Oh. Right. Okay. Good one, though. He's your fourth
1: son. Yeah. So prior to the show, when I we we agreed to do the spinning of the wheel, he wasn't here. I don't think he he was. No, 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 a million percent. I spoke to him about it last night. No, no, last night. I was just being a jerk for the
2: sake. Oh,
0: okay.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Just got pissed. (laughs) I spun a
0: dollar because that might happen Monday. I can't wait. I hope it happens, Rich.